Roman Catholic Bishop of Providence, Thomas Tobin, joins me. He comes in once a year. We recap everything with the Catholic Church. Uh, Bishop, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Gene. It's always very, very good to be with you. Now, we should, we're cheating. We're taping on Friday. By the time this airs, there'll be snow on the ground. Yes. And you've told people not to come to church on Sunday. Well, we told them they are not obliged to come to church on Sunday. We've lifted the dispensation. From all um, appearances, it's going to be a very difficult storm. Lots of lots of snow, right. lots of wind, lots of drifting. So I'm just concerned about even if the snow stops on stopped on Saturday, yeah. it's still going to be difficult for people to get out of their homes, out of the driveways, the local streets. So I lifted the obligation mm -hmm. to not close the churches, did not cancel masses, did not say people should not go to church. Right only said they're not obliged to. I don't want anyone going out and, and getting hurt, right. shoveling snow or, or driving and so forth. For those of us who might have forgotten our catechism, are we obligated as Catholics to go to church every Sunday? And why is that important? Because uh, uh, if they're home, they're not there. They're sure. watching me on Sunday. Of course. Yeah, well, should they should be can, watching you. Hopefully <laughs> they can do both. Yeah. And there's lots of opportunities for a Mass on the weekends, of course. But it is, you know, the third commandment says, keep holy the Lord's Day. So it is one of the commandments, and the way the church interprets that is especially to attend Sunday Mass. Sunday Mass is when we're with the community. It's when we mm -hmm. celebrate the Holy Mass. We share in the suffering, death, resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. We receive Holy Communion. The attendance of Sunday Mass is an obligation it's also a beautiful opportunity and a privilege to be with others and to share the, the essence of our faith, the death and resurrection of, of Christ and Holy Communion. So it's an obligation, an important obligation, but sometimes it's just impossible, and that's when the right. bishop can dispense. Well, now many churches stream uh, their services, and that might be an option this week. Uh, they live stream it. Right. There are many uh, opportunities to watch uh, Mass on, on television yep. on weekends and, and during the week, but it's not the same as being there in person. But we want people to be yeah. safe. We don't want them to go out if it's dangerous for them in terms of getting out of their house and yeah. traveling and so forth. What about if someone says, you know, I was born and raised a Catholic. <laughs> I believe the message. I consider myself a Catholic, but they don't go to church every Sunday. Well, just square that for me. Well, it's unfortunate. First of all, they do have an obligation yeah. to God and to the church to attend Mass on Sundays. And sometimes we tend to uh, look down on that sense of obligation, but we all do lots of things out of obligation. Yeah. We, we keep our marriage vows, we go to work every day, we go to Mass out of a sense of obligation along with other things. So there is an obligation to God and to the church for Catholics to attend Mass on Sundays. Now, again, sometimes due to illness or impossible work schedule, mm -hmm. or if you're a caregiver, or during a snowstorm, or during the heart of a pandemic, sometimes it's impossible to go to Mass and people are dispensed. But other than that, good Catholics mm -hmm. go to Mass every Sunday, with very few exceptions. Now, you know there's been a decline in <clears throat> attendance in your diocese, the diocese across the, uh, across the country, and other faiths too. I've got the, <clears throat> the decline in church attendance during COVID in America. That was on the decline before COVID, but as COVID of really, has really hurt. Yes. I mean, double digit declines. But a lot of people are starting to come back now and yeah. that's very encouraging. And keep in mind the, the decline in religious participation, not certainly unique to Rhode Island. It's, it's a, a situation that's taking place across our country and it's West, Western, yeah. Western culture. The French, and the Italians. French, it's Italians, yeah. the Spanish, Canadians. And it's not just Catholics, it's across the board with uh, other religious denominations as well. We're just living in a more secular world, a more secular society where spiritual things and things religious are simply not as important to some people as they used to be. 
course, that's unfortunate because when religion declines, mm -hmm. I think our culture, our society suffers. Religion is important part of our culture. All religions, yeah. not just Catholics, all religions, important part of our culture and our, and our life together. Well, there must be a reason for that. Is it the internet? Is it social media? Or is it self-inflicted? I mean, the church has had its scandals, and of I course. think you've lost a percentage of the population. Yeah. People I think, have just said that's enough. I think there's a variety of reasons, as you say. Some of it's self-inflicted by things we have said and, and done over the years. But it's, it's much broader than that, because again, it's not just the Catholic Church. It's across the board for every religious community, mm -hmm. every faith community. Pope John Paul II used to talk about and write about the uh, practical and existential atheism of our age. He said people no longer bother to deny the existence of God, they simply live their lives without him. And that's, um, I think it's a generational thing. You know, 50 years ago, it wasn't like that. And I pray that 50 years mm. from now, it'll be different again. But we're just living in a very secular, um, atheistic age, an age without God. It's affecting the Catholic Church, yeah. it's affecting other faith communities as well. Anecdotally, it just appears <clears throat> to be affecting young Catholics. You know, I've been to a number of weddings. Only one was in a church. The others are outside in the tent. They have a friend officiate. You must be aware of this. Oh, of course. Weddings are down. Weddings are down. Baptisms are down. All the sacramental um, practices are down. First communions, confirmations, but especially yeah. weddings have declined a great deal. Um, and again, I think young people don't have that sense of the importance of God, the importance of faith, the importance of sacraments in their lives. So they go where it's more... Uh, I don't know, more entertaining, more engaging, whatever, but they're missing that presence and the grace of God in their lives when they do that. It's, it's unfortunate. If that trend continues, you'll go out of business. <laughs> well, the church has been here for 2,000 years, so I don't think we're going to go out of business, but it changes. Well, you, you know, it, it'll, it'll it, be it, diminished. It could be diminished, of course, yeah. and it's some ways being diminished now. We have fewer parishes yes, than we had yeah. years ago. We have fewer priests. We have fewer people receiving the sacraments. We have fewer people being buried in the Catholic Church. Of course, it's being diminished, but we won't, uh, we won't disappear completely. We need to do our best to continue to reach out, to welcome people, to encourage people, and to tell the good news yeah. of Jesus and the good news the church has. Well, do you have a mission? Is, is this priority number one at the Vatican? What have you heard? We're losing, we're hemorrhaging. We're hemorrhaging flock. Right. Well, all of the recent <laughs> well, popes, including Pope Francis, have spoken about evangelization, the yeah. need to reach out and to welcome people back. And I think, you know, we, we've done that here in the Diocese of, of Providence. We continue to do it. And it's happened, of course, across the universal church. So we are reaching out, but we can't force people to come in. We need to explain to them why it's mm -hmm. good to be close to God, why it's good to be part of a faith community and to be part of all the wonderful things the church does all the time. That sense of obligation, but not just obligation, the sense of, of recognizing the great things right. that they can have by being part of a faith community. Do you think you need to change, change the deliverance of the message? Uh, if they're on Facebook, if they're on Instagram, they're somewhere. They're, they're not there. Where, does, does the presentation need to change? Well, I think the presentation... And I mean that in a positive right. way. You no. don't want to change the message, but... No, I think we need to use all the uh, modern means of communication we have at our disposal, the internet and social media, and, and we're doing that. Right. Um, but again, it's one thing to reach people on, on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. It's another thing to invite them into church 
where they can be with other people and celebrate the sacraments and receive Holy Communion. If Catholics aren't doing that, they're missing something good and, and important. Bishop, let's just touch on the church scandals. We don't want to minimize that, and that could be a, a factor in why you're losing people. Uh, you had a couple of cases. But, uh, there's a, 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 another priest who's been in Silva, was back in the news again, and uh, you had a, a priest at the St. Mary's arrested for child pornography. Want to just touch on that? Because that, they were in the news, those two. Sure. Of course, any, I, excuse me, anytime we have an uh, incident or a report of uh, sexual abuse of a minor, it's always a very disappointing and difficult moment for everybody. And we always we talk about the headlines and studies and so forth, and uh, we always have to keep in mind, first of all, those who have been abused and have suffered. We need mm -hmm. to continually apologize to them, to reach out to them, to support them, and to help them to be healed. So that's always the first focus and those who have suffered the abuse. Um, fortunately, most of the cases we're hearing about now in the church, most of them occurred many years ago, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and are coming to light now. I think the incidence of sexual abuse in the church has declined a great deal in the last 10 and, and 20 years. So I don't want to pretend that the crisis is over at all. I don't want to say that. But we have um, turned the corner. I think we're doing much better in being alert to mm -hmm. incidents of sexual abuse responding to the victims, helping the victims, and working very, very closely with law enforcement uh, to do our part. Catholic Church is doing as much as any institution, any organization in society to deal with sexual abuse. I'd be remiss if I didn't point, this, point out that this week, uh, Pope Benedict uh, is uh, accused in a report of not doing enough when he was a bishop in another jurisdiction. And the, uh, the, the case at uh, St. Mary's on Broadway in Providence was contemporary. Uh, yes. That priest was in there. That was contemporary, although keep in mind, he was only here for three months, yeah. and we don't know how far back the accusations against him go. He was in Colorado for 15 years before he came here. So we don't have all the information about that yet. It's been a state police and now a federal investigation. So he was only here for three months. That's not to minimize anything he did, right. allegedly. Um, but we don't know where these things occurred or when they occurred. They certainly have come to light more recently, you're correct. When you hear these come up in the news, does it strike you that, oh, it's just the news media stirring things up? No. It's them again. It's terrible. It's a, what, what do you, well, give me an honest, what, what do you think when you hear these? Well, of course, it's, it's, in the, it's in the news. If yeah. It's in the news. It's the news in our community and across the country now, across the world, as you say, in Germany and Spain and Italy and Africa and many other places, I suppose. Um, it's a universal phenomenon. But when they appear, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. heartbreaking because, again, you think about the children, the young people, the families who have been affected by this terrible plague of sexual abuse. It's not confined just to the Catholic Church. It's in other churches, in public schools, and in scouting, and mm -hmm. across the board. It's, a, it's an endemic uh, societal problem, and we need to confront it and take it very seriously. So, first of all, it's heartbreaking for those who have suffered. It's also heartbreaking for the right. church, because we know that every time something like that appears, um, it's certainly not a good sign for the church, and we need to take it very, very seriously and respond to the best of our ability. The next day after the news broke at St. Mary's on Broadway, someone went in there and threatened the priest who had taken over and threatened the parishioners. I went to visit that church myself and wanted to see it. It's an old church. It's a beautiful, beautiful church. Beautiful church, I have to say. They do the old Latin Mass. Yes. It's a conservative congregation there. How, do you, how, do you, how does the Latin Mass, the old where the priest faces his back, how does that sit with you? That's not what you do. No, I've never said the traditional Latin Mass myself. I sort of missed that time frame in my own priestly formation, but I'm a great supporter of of it. I've been to St. Mary's Church um, on Broadway in Providence, and we have a number of other priests who right. say the traditional Latin Mass either 
regular on occasion. It's, it's very interesting. Many of the people who are um, uh, inclined to attend the traditional Latin mass are not old people or not old fogies who are just remembering something yeah. that happened. No, that's true. I saw the popular. I went. To, I was there for mass. I wanted to see it for myself. Many no, young, right. it's, it's a mixed demo. Many young professionals, many young yeah. families with lots of kids. They're looking, I think, for that sense of the spiritual, that sense of transcendence that you can find right. in the, the, the more normal celebration of the mass, but is certainly present in the traditional Latin Mass, and I'm a great supporter of it. I encourage people to uh, to uh, be faithful right. to the church, whether they attend the Latin Mass or the more uh, contemporary um, uh, Novus Ordo, as we call it. Now, uh, the Pope appears to have tolerated it. He, he put out a statement: "We'll let you have it," but he's not a he's not a I don't think he's a fan of it. No, he I said th he'll tolerate. <laughs> it. I think it's very safe to say that yeah. Pope Francis is not a fan of the traditional Latin Mass, and indeed they've placed some yeah. restrictions on it now. And that's, again, causing a lot of uh, debate within the church. But I'm a supporter of it. I think the people I've met who support the traditional Latin Mass are faithful Catholics. They love the Pope. They love the church. They love the Holy Mass. And they're attending Mass. We just talk about the decline in Mass yeah. attendance. The traditional Latin Mass parishes are doing very well. And all you need to go is to is go to one of our churches to see how right. full they are on, on Sundays. Oh, it's I've beautiful. got the headlines. You've closed other churches. You've consolidated <laughs> parishes. But you're saying these ones that have a, they have a real following. They're doing very well. Now, let's bring up the Pope. And I don't want to use the word you're a fan of his. He's a fan <coughs> of yours. I don't know, because you've broken with him on several things. And you're not afraid to tweet out. Just square all of that. Sure. You're a more conservative bishop. He appears to be a more liberal pope on several areas. Yeah, and again, it's very hard to put either one of us in a category, although I know that's uh, something that happens all the time, and I understand that. Um, let me be very clear. I love Pope Francis, and I have a great deal of respect and affection and admiration for him. He's doing Can so I many... Have you met him? Yes, we met him during the Ad Limina visit when all the bishops went well, just over two years ago. And so he, so you, I'm from Providence, I'm, and does he have a, a little file and say, well, oh, yes, no, it's yes. Not, <laughs> it's not quite that personal. It's a, you're that Tobin. Right. No, it's not quite that personal because he met with a whole group of 40 bishops, okay. I think. So it was just a meet and greet at that point kind of a thing. But I have a great deal of respect and affection for Pope Francis. Obviously, I don't understand completely and agree completely with everything he has said and done, but that doesn't mean I don't like him and respect him. You can disagree with people in your own family. It happens all the time. Um, but no, I have a great deal of affection for Pope Francis, and we in the Diocese of, mm. of Providence have implemented everything he has asked us to do. And all the programs and, and pastoral right. letters and encyclicals and activities, we've done everything he has asked us to do very faithfully. So sure, I have uh, some questions about some of the things he yeah. says and does, but I, I, I like Pope Francis a great deal. Uh, we just have about a minute left. <clears throat> a couple of things I want to touch on. This is the 150th anniversary of the diocese, yes, correct? Yeah. It's a great moment for us. 150 years, we're having our formal concluding celebration in June. We have a lot of programs mm -hmm. leading up to it. We have such a wonderful legacy in this, in this state, the right. Catholic Church, uh, for 150 years. We thank God and praise God, and we also look to the future. Right. We're going to embrace the future. Yeah, the cathedral renovations are continuing. They're almost complete. The towers, the, the scaffolding. Yes. And uh, next year, you have to submit, uh, by uh, church law, your letter of resignation. Right. You turn 75, that's mandatory? Yes. Next year, in April, I turn 75. I have to submit, by church law, right. a letter of retirement. Are you looking forward to that? Have you drafted it yet? <laughs> I haven't drafted yet. I've thought about it, but I haven't drafted. No, I have a lot to do between now and then, and, and 
even when the letter is submitted, sometimes the bishop can stay on for three months, six months, or a year. So I have a lot to do uh, before I think I before I finally uh, step down. I think. And uh, number two, Bishop Evans, your auxiliary, uh, he also must submit. Same right. Thing. He will be uh, 75 this coming year in, in September. So we're classmates. It's unusual, but he'll also be uh, reaching the age of 75. And again, by church law, has to re submit his letter of retirement. I hope and pray it's not accepted right away. All right. It could hit the desk and it stays there. It could be very well. Right. Bishop uh, Thomas Tobin, Roman Catholic Bishop of Providence, thanks for coming in. We'll see you Thank you. Again. Always so a pleasure. Thank you.